In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's May the 4th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 39 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Obi-Wan Karen Obi. And I'm Darth Maggie. <laughs> and we're coming to you live from Stark Tower. In what is left of Manhattan after the Avengers. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, so we did things a little differently this week. At least in recording. It won't be very much different from you guys. We actually just recorded our thoughts on Avengers. Because we had to. There are lots of thoughts. <laughs> so uh, I can tell you right... Usually I, I we can't tell you right off the bat exactly what the content's going to be like that week, because it depends. Um, yeah, this week it's going to be Adventures in Knitting. There are going to be one or two small stories in Geek Squee, and it's going to be Avengers, Avengers, Avengers. Because O M. Gee. Actually, this is one of the few times that we have been able to go to a movie that was this huge. Yeah. And where we have both seen it at the same time. Yep. I'm trying to, like, I can't think of many other movies that we actually saw together. We saw Mirror Mirror and it was nowhere near this. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, the main, sort of, like, the mind-blowy yes. sort of movies. Like, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I was the, you, you didn't were, see you it. Went. I was the only one who saw it. Yeah. So, and then Captain America, we saw at different times. Yeah. So. And Thor, we saw at different times. Yeah. So, you know, one of us was able to go, oh my god! And then the next, and I think with Captain America, you were sort of like, oh my god, the one week, and then another week we did, I had seen it, and then and so we were actually able to discuss it. Yeah. Some of the spoilery stuff, but we had already sort of discussed some stuff. So apparently when we both go to see a movie and it is mind-blowingly awesome, which we can tell you right off the bat, we talk for quite a while. Yes. About do. the movie. So, so. Um, yes, prepare for lots of Avengers later. But you'll want to skip ahead to the timestamp where we say it's safe to come back because we also have a little prize to give away this week. It is time for the drawing. <laughs> okay, but more on that later. Since we recorded so much with Avengers, we need to get moving. So, yes. Adventures in Knitting! Adventures in Knitting. Well, I, last week, as I said, because last week was the Day of Sorrow for Karen. Yes. Because I went to the convention. and yeah, I, you went to the Knitter's Frolic. As I said, I was was starting the Ruffle Cardigan with my Madeline Tosh Light, and I realized very quickly after starting it, I need another project to go along with this, <laughs> because I'm knitting a one-by-one one rib rectangle at the moment, yes. which is how it starts. I need to knit it for 60 inches. Oh, dear God. That is an awful lot of one-by-one one rib. Yes, that is a lot. And You need um, something else to, you know, take up some brain cells. Yes. Now, with that in mind, I did cast on something else. Yeah, monogamous Maggie is not here right now. <laughs> yeah. And as mentioned before, I was going to help a fellow knitter with her D-stash. Mm-hmm. And I got some oh-so-pretty, very, very pretty yarn. It's Louisa Harding, Cashmere DK, and it is 55 merino, 35 microfiber. I'm not sure what's in microfiber. Microfiber is a man- it's a man-made fiber. It's like an acrylic, but it's very- it's microfiber. It's very fine, and it tends to be quite soft. I've actually touched, like, 100% microfiber stuff, and it's really soft. You can actually get 100% uh, microfiber, like, lingerie and stuff, mm. and it's really soft, and it it's quite nice, actually. Okay, so it's 55 merino, 35 microfiber, and 10% cashmere. Yeah, so see, in that case, it probably has microfiber because the microfiber, again, like I said, is very so very soft. So you won't get acrylic scratchiness right. with 
merino wool and cashmere, which are very soft fibers. And I have cast on, and it's in a sort of Tiffany blue, and I have cast on for the vodka lemonade Ooh. cardigan, which I should probably rename something like cacao lemonade or something like that, something <laughs> blue. Yeah. Anyway, um, but the pro- the other problem is, is that, well, the way it casts on at the collar, it's a bunch of seed stitch for a couple of inches. <laughs> so I've got my choice at the moment of seed stitch or one-by-one one ribbing. So I think I need to cast on something else. Yes, you need to find, like, a sock project. I think I am going to cast on with my The William, <laughs> sent all the way from... Well, that's the, the colorway. Yes. What is the... The William. Yeah, but what's the yarn? This is from the New, Eng- the New Zealand package. Yes, but you have to say I'm sorry, I thought is. you were asking me. Sorry. No, I am asking so that you okay. say what it is on the podcast. I don't know how to pronounce... I think this is... Niche. Niche. Yeah. Scratching the knitting itch. It's 100% merino wool. Yeah, K-N-I-T-S-C-H. And the colorway is called the William. This was in the New Zealand package that we opened up yes. and got all fangirly squealy over. I think I need to knit something with this. That is going to be my... Oh my god, my brain cells hurt from one by one or seed stitch. <laughs> and I need to knit something that's a bit more complicated. Complicated and gratifying in yeah. a faster way. Yeah. So, yeah, monogamous Maggie doesn't live here right now. Nope. And I'm okay with that. And that's me. The two projects of boring and <coughs> at least for the moment. Well, they are two projects of pretty, but yes, at the moment they are. Yeah, they are... are pretty, but they're just not they're very p- mentally stimulating. No, not at the, at moment. the moment. They they are meditative. But you have to persevere, Yes, unfortunately, at this point. Now, I was able to take the one-by-one ribbing into the theater with me because I was able to feel my way and remember, knit one, purl one, knit one, purl one, knit one, purl one. But when it got to really big, you know, stuff, I had to put it down. Yeah, but more on that later. (laughs) But more on that later. There was no way I was taking the seed stitch into the theater. No freaking way. Yeah, I know. And now over to Karen. Yes. I have a finished project. Look at that! It is not any of the projects I have mentioned in the last few weeks. I have finished... Actually, I did finish one of the projects I did finish, and I didn't bring it this week, because I totally forgot. I finished my crystalline socks! Oh my gosh, I'm, I finished my cadences. Yes! I wore them to the theater. You didn't even mention that. I totally forgot that. Anyway, yeah, I, I finished <laughs> my cadence socks, Yay! and I wore them to the theater today. Yeah, so I finished my crystalline socks, and I also finished another project, which I, I, if you go way back to, like, last October, you will probably hear me talking about them. These are the Severus socks. That you were very proud of. By, I believe by Angela Tennant. And they are very Severus. And they are very Severus. I still need to put buttons on the sides, but basically they're a simple sort of lace column pattern. And it's only like four rows in the lace repeat. I've got them in black. And then at the top, there's a little, you do a little like pearl or reverse stockinette cuff on the black sock. And on the inside, you knit a little white cuff that peeps out of the top and has a little pico edge. It is really nice. And the thing that made me pick these up is, this is like the ultimate geek weekend. It is, by the way. May the 4th be with you. Yes, because the thing that made me pick them up is May 2nd was the 14th anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts. I'm like, this seems like a good time. And that was also happened to be knit night. I'm like, this seems like a good time to finish my Severus socks. Uh Uh-huh. And then, of course, today is May the 4th be with you. It's also in the original Sherlock Holmes stories. It's Reichenbach Day. Geek just going everywhere. Yep. When Holmes and Moriarty had their... Final, at the, yep. the Reichenbach Falls. 
there's also tomorrow's free comic book day. It is. And Sunday, Sherlock season two starts on PBS. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, there's all kinds of geeky stuff this weekend, which is kind of awesome. But yeah, so I finished these. Yay. I haven't gotten to wear either of these pairs of socks because the last couple days have been insanely warm and I've been wearing sandals to work. And I will not wear, especially not to work, I will not wear socks with sandals. I do have limits. But because I finished those. Yes. I had to start something else. Of course you did. And and this has even changed since, you know, you saw it earlier. Yes. You were doing toe up <laughs> It earlier. was a toe last time. Now it's a cuff. Like, literally, I walked into the movie theater, met up with Karen. Oh, you started a new sock and it's toe up. And now it is Cuffed not. Down. <laughs> yeah. This is the yarn I'm using is Diabolical. Ooh. It's the strong arm sock two ply, and I got this is the stuff I got in Kentucky last year. That is a um, cool color scheme. I know, I love it so much. It's purples and, and muted purple teal, lilac, and and a slightly lighter teal and gray and black. Because basically, it looks like there's each color, and then in between each co- in between the colors, there's a spot where the colors were just able to sort of blend out. Yeah, that looks like a, a storm in your hand. Mm-hmm. It is so, so gorgeous. Today I had, or yesterday, I can't remember what day I started doing this. The first pair I started doing was the 2K 2P inside out socks. I pretty much decided for this, I want to try something with like arch shaping, where basically you you increase on the bottom of the foot and you decrease on the top so that the the stitches sort of wrap around your foot. Oh, that's an interesting... I've done it before in, I think they were the pyroclastic socks in Knitty did the same sort of thing. But I wanted to try something that did that. And this one starts with the toe up and you do, it's a two by two rib, but there's a central spine down the top of the foot, Uh and the two by two rib goes out at a diagonal, Uh and you decrease on either side of the foot, so to pull them out in that diagonal as you go up. Ah. So I started doing that, and it looked kind of cool, but actually it doesn't quite, there's shaping on the top of the foot because of the decreases, but it doesn't quite have the arch shaping. It doesn't have the shaping at the bottom of the foot that really wraps around, and I kind of want to do that. And I was kind of thinking, I do really like these socks, and I would like to do them at some point, like the way they're written. But with this yarn in particular, because the colors are just so gorgeous, and especially when I started knitting it, and the colors were just, you know, the way they sort of lined up, it was like... I really want to show off just this color and even two by two rib is sort of like, I don't know if I want to do patterny stuff. Yeah. Like any pattern. I maybe just want to do something that uses like stockinette. So I switched over and I started doing a pattern called arch shaped socks. And these are by Jen Showalter. And these have, I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing all of these either. Cause these two also were free patterns until payday on Thursday. But the bank account was getting kind of low. So I didn't want to pay for a couple patterns. Though there is a couple that I really want to try, and I might still rip this out and try the, one of the other ones. But this one, it has a plain leg, and then you do the arch shaping on the foot, and it's top down. So I might, there's another pattern called, it's called My Favorite Socks, and I can't remember who does it. I will probably mention it next week, because I'm, I'm probably going to end up buying the pattern and just casting on again with these things, and ripping this out again, and doing those instead. But I still would like to do the arch-shaped so- shaped socks, too, like, as written. Just again, maybe not with this yarn. Because the my favorite socks, what they do is... They have the arch shaping with the increase on the bottom and the decrease on the top, but they also have the same sort of thing going up the leg so that the the fabric is on a bias. Right. So it's supposed to help sort of Keep wrap around the leg and be a little like snug. 
that there too. So the, and it looked really neat. And I also kind of want to try it with this yarn because I think it'd be kind of cool to see how the colors angle. Cool. And it's and that one is completely in stock in it, except for the increases and decreases. So I think it would work really well with the colors. But other than that, and my movie socks, which I will be discussing later. Yes. Obviously, the movie socks I've only worked on like during the movie today, but you got a. Good couple inches in there. Yeah. But other than that, finishing up the crystalline socks and finishing up my sever socks, which I must which I, I should also add, I really, really, really love the Pico cast off for these. It's really cool. You make these little these little bumps on it by casting on a couple extra stitches when you do them and then you just do the regular sort of cast off of lifting one stitch over the other. Would you do it again for any of your normal oh, socks? Oh hell to the yes. Okay, then. I would definitely do it with another pair of socks. Actually, the way the pattern did it, you did a pico, and then you cast off two stitches. Pico, cast off two stitches. For I did that for the first one, and then I tried it on this... For the second one, I tried it three stitches in between, and I think I kind of like the three stitches in between more. The more picos you have, actually, the looser it is, because you're adding stitches, and yeah. so adding a little more... Give. Give to the fabric. So if you do too few, it can get, the fabric can become much more, le- or much less stretchy. Yeah. But I think with the Pico in three, I'll call it, it looks more like what I like and it's still pretty stretchy. But yes, that's what I've been knitting this week. I've kind of had, especially when I cast on a, cast off a few things, sometimes I have sort of a, I don't know what to do with myself sort of thing. And I'll, I'll, I'll you know, get yarn or it's sort of like with this, I'll be like, I'll, I'll get yarn that I really want to use, but I'll go through like two or three patterns before I figure out what I really want to do with it. And, you know, I'll get other yarn and it'll be sort of like, I don't know what I want to do with this. And that sort of might take, it takes me a little while to yeah. To figure out what the heck I want to do. But until then, pretty, pretty yarn oh, to play with. Definitely. Okay, and moving into Geek Squee, I basically have a couple little notes for the Sherlock and Star Trek fans and any Venn diagram where those two intersect. And then we will move on to Avengers. <laughs> Goosebumps. Lots of Avengers, Doc. But first, one is that, as we have mentioned before, Benedict Cumberbatch is in the next Star Trek movie. Yes. He's apparently playing some sort of villain in the next Star Trek movie. Yes. Apparently, it has been all but confirmed from a number of different unofficial sources that are supposedly involved with the movie to a few different... To a few different reporting places online that Cumberbatch is playing... Khan yeah. in the next Star Trek movie. Now, as I said, this hasn't been officially confirmed. It seems like there's been people talking off the record to a couple different web, a few different websites and stuff, basically saying that's who he's playing, but nothing official yet. But oh my god, this could be interesting. Well, it's not like we haven't seen any other uber villain bad guys who are smokingly hot. I'm sorry, I can't get my brain it out will the be kind of, It will be very interesting seeing Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm going to have to try and pull him out of the whole Sherlock mindset. I'm sorry, Maggie has her brain in the gutter today. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else I have seen him in. He was in Hawking. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it? I'm pretty sure there was one where he was in it and then I hadn't realized. I didn't know, you know, at the time he... I had never heard of him or whatever. So it wasn't until like after Sherlock and I was looking at his IMDb page, I was like, oh my God, that was him. And I'm trying to think of even things like fairly recently, like I've seen post Sherlock where... Tinker Taylor? 
That was one. Of course. Duh. Yes. Hello, self. Yeah, I saw Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, the things where I had seen him and not as Sherlock Holmes and sort of seen, like, figured out how much I can distance him from Holmes in my own head. Did it translate well? Just because I haven't seen Tinker Taylor. Yes. Well, of course, it helps he's, you know, his, his gingeriness uh, in that. Yes, yes. Um... <laughs> The voice is somewhat similar, but of course the way he talks is different. So, I mean, I've seen him in other roles and seen him as not Holmes, but I haven't seen him as a villain in anything. So this is going to be interesting. Okay. I think there might be a slight lokiness to it where it's like, but but don't hurt him, he's pretty. Yes. Though you know at the end of a Star Trek movie, he's probably going to have to die. Yeah. Because it's kind of, you know, big action movie. And villain. And villain rule. Only in a few places do they get away with... Where where the only there's only certain places where it makes sense that you know they don't in something like Star Trek I think that he's gonna have to die yeah it's gonna be painful to watch well he's gonna have to vaporize yeah his yeah. ship is going to have to explode or something yes or something <laughs> anyways but yes this could be interesting I want the new Star Trek movie <laughs> your movie bug has not been sated yet no well I want to see Benedict Cumberbatch on the big screen. I can't help you with that. I don't know why you're looking at me. <laughs> and then the other bit of news I had, which is also, you know, Cumberbatchy. This past week, as as we mentioned, this weekend, PBS starts airing season two of Sherlock. Yes, finally. And this past week, PBS had a big Q&A in New York City, and they had like a live stream of it. I think they, they, showed, the epi- they showed the first episode mm-hmm. of the second season. And then they also, and the fans got to be part of the Q&A and everything like that. I haven't heard a huge amount of the questions and the answers that were asked at this session. I did hear from somebody that a lot of it ended up being sort of very fangirly. So I don't know how much. And I mean, we're not going to learn too much really useful because A, the series hasn't aired in the States yet. So they're not going to spoil it at an event to build press for it at this, in the States. And also the panel had Stephen Moffat, Sue Virtue, and Benedict Cumberbatch on it. And as we know, Stephen Moffat is the biggest troll in the world. So I'm sure even if the episodes had already aired and people asked him pointed questions, he would still make crap up to drive people insane. Yes, because that's what he lives for. There are a couple things I heard recently in other, either in this one or in other interviews and stuff, which obviously I can't discuss because we don't want to discuss spoilers for the episodes, at least until we do our little flaily squeeze about each episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I'll find a link to a couple of those interviews and this Q&A thing to see what if I can find like a transcript or something online that we can link to so that people can check it out for themselves. Like okay. I said, I imagine the Q&A doesn't have too, well, have too much that's spoilery, but again, I'll take a look through it and make sure it's not, you know, even hinty spoilery. Okay. <laughs> or if it is, I'll warn for it. Okay, so we're going to discuss the Avengers. Yes. Things may sound a little different to y'all because we're actually recording this part before we even record the we record the opening. Yeah, so we're going. What we're going to do? We're going to give you non-spoilery impressions and sort of non-spoilery commentary. This is going to be very short-lived because oh my god, I think we're going to want to go into specifics, but I don't think we'll want to mention any sort of specifics. And then when we go into Spoilerville, yeah, we will let you know, and we'll do the same thing we usually do. We'll give you the time code that. In the notes that come with the file and everything like that. That I should technically technically be doing, but I haven't. And just so you know, as we're going to put this disclaimer out there, you need to be 18 years old to listen to this because... To the spoilery bit. There there may be a few... um, (laughs) Or in the non-spoilery bit. There may be a few naughty words in exclamative voices. Okay, think about who is in this movie. 
and they're... Think about how we have reacted in the, reacted in the past. Yes, the... Yes, things are going to be getting kind of, you know... But then again, this is why I put the explicit tag on every single episode. Yeah. It's like, it is on there for a reason. <laughs> things... Like, how many times have we talked about, like, you know, panties going aflame and, you know, things like that. So, yeah. anyway. So, you, you you've been, been warned. warned. Jinx. Oh, me, Malabrigo. Damn it. So... I said Jinx, though. Yes, you did, but you didn't follow up. You're bad. Ha ha. Anyway. If you're gonna be childish, I'm gonna be childish right back. <laughs> <laughs> this is so going in outtakes. Because we are... Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I had to go to a Taekwondo class. Like, I literally ran from the movie theater, ran home, changed, ran to the Taekwondo class, and just channeled everything that was still pumping through my blood into <laughs> Taekwondo. Yes. Because this movie... Oh... My. God. This movie was the best movie I have seen since Lord of the Rings. And if anybody's going to get up in arms on de in defense of Harry Potter, I will actually tell you right now, I have not gone to any of the Harry Potter movies ever since I read Dumbledore Died. Mm -hmm. That is not in protest of the movies. It's just that something inside of me died when Dumbledore died. Mm -hmm. It's just a little something in me. So it is nothing against Harry Potter because I haven't actually been through those movies. I will put the experience of watching this movie up there with the experience of seeing Lord of the Rings for the first time or Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 for the first time. Like, it was that same sort of transcendent, oh my god, this is awesome. And the score was amazing. Oh, the music. The oh score my god. is definitely worth purchase. Yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about a lot of, you know, independent things, or little elements of this movie that we thought were completely awesome, because they were all awesome. They were. Um, they were. Yes. Joss this, did a fantastic job. Oh my god. Yeah, this... I we don't are without, have words. We are without words. This is why the non-spoilery <laughs> stuff will be very short. It's the way that everything was put together, the way it was set up. There are so many hurdles for this movie because I mean you have you have five characters you have to kind of bring in and you have to get them into the group and you have to establish how they work together and stuff like that but it's also got to keep moving you've got to have stuff happening not to mention that you've also got the geek cred it has to live up to oh, with hell so to many geeks who grew up with this as kids and now they're in the adult stages of life and they're like this had better live up to the magnitude that I experienced when these guys were first put together. And wow. Does and it wow, work. it is amazing. See, I when I was reading a review just when we were just after we got to like Maggie's place and I saw at least one where someone said a couple bits for them seemed to kind of slow down or maybe I don't know if drag is too heavy a word, but someone seems that there were bits that were slower, but I really liked the way that there were there are slower bits where people are talking, but I liked those parts because it really brought out elements of the character and right. how they work together, you know, like how Tony and Bruce Banner work together. Yeah. Or, you know, how you Captain America relates to... A plot is very shallow if there is nothing but action, explosion, and boom, 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 boom. Yeah. To say nothing of the fact that the audience just has a heart attack because there's no rest. Yeah. There's no mental rest. Whereas character development and subtle plot twists happen a lot of the time in that slower what can be quoted as drag time. Yeah. And I was hoping we were going to get those like stronger character moments where people are talking to each other. Right. And I was glad that they were there. 
because I think it's a very necessary element, especially like I said in a movie like this, where you take these five these separate characters who have some of whom have had their own movies, some of whom have been in little pieces of each movie, and you have to bring them together and make them a team. You really have to show how they where the conflicts would be and how you resolve those, or at least you know get them to put yeah. them aside for the moment. And of course, being with the story and the screenplay were both written by Joss Whedon as well as it being directed. So, of course, there's a lot of very Joss sort of dialogue and stuff, specifics of which we will get into in the spoilery section. But I really think a lot of that stuff really fit. Yeah. A lot of what Tony Stark says, a lot of his dialogue. For one thing, there are certain parts where it sounds very Tony Stark, like in the first Iron Man, where it was actually Robert Downey Jr. improving. Improving. So yeah. I have to wonder how... It, it really seamlessly works in with... Okay, is he improving or was that scripted? Scripted, or and that sort of sense of humor is fits very well with Tony's character and with other characters. Or there's even like a lot of the 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 very Joss writing even fits like Loki as well. Yep, because he had his moments in Thor, which I finally saw a couple weeks ago. Yes, he, because because very you were sat, dry moments. Yeah, you were sat down and told watch that movie. And I should say I really did like how especially Hawkeye and Black Widow are sort of brought in and. And they are useful because I know a lot of people I've seen are sort of wondering how that would work because you have Iron Man with the big fancy suit. You have Captain America who's so strong and everything. You have Thor who's a god. You have the Hulk. And, and then yeah. you have the dude with the bow and woman with guns. But it How did you guys really get invited works. to my slumber party? Yeah, I can see, but we can say it really works. Yes, it does. And it really, the end fight, which is so not a spoiler because hello. It's a movie. Yeah. This is part of the formula. It's It really integrates everybody into it. Yep. Every, in everybody is critical. Everybody has a role. We can't go too far into no. this. Okay, so... And and I will... <laughs> we were very proudly the two girls that were sitting on their own in this movie theater because they everybody didn't else... Guys with they us. didn't have guys attached to us. Everybody else, everybody else who was female looked like they came at the behest of their significant other male... Or, I mean, or, they could have been going on their own They could have been going on their Because, I mean, own. we were kind of hoping that Admin Monkey would, would be able to go with us. In which case, we wouldn't have been the only True. two that were there that didn't have a dude with us. He would just be looking but, at us every time we squealed. And, like, with the number of people, the people that stayed to the very end, because, of course, this is a Marvel movie, you want to stay to the very end of the credits. There and, were, and, so, and there I'm were sorry, quite a few people the, who the, the end credits scene... Oh, was Jesus was good. <laughs> it was oh good. Oh my god, it was and awesome. We're not talking just after the fancy credits where they have the the images of that are fancy with all the stars' names. No, we're talking about after everything is finished yeah, rolling there's, up. There's a mid-credit sequence and there is an end credit sequence. And we figure it's that end credit sequence that they filmed after the movie was yeah. officially From the description released. of what they were like we were, we mentioned how they said at the official the press release or something like that. That they said there was like another scene they had to fight, and then so had to film, and someone said they saw you know Thor in his battle makeup, battle makeup, and this is probably what I, I figured at the time it had to be the end credit sequence because I figured if they wanted if they wanted to do anything late, if they wanted to keep it secret, yeah, that would probably be it because everyone's expecting it, yeah. And also, if they hadn't filmed it by then, how are they going to debut the movie? Yeah, we're we're having Wait. a very hard time holding this in. Yeah, I think I can say we can say two big needle points up. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, I was just going to say, you know, our reactions during, our emotional reactions during the movie. Oh my god, there, there were times where, like, there's times in the middle of the movie where stuff that's so awesome happens that everybody in the audience was, like, clapping. Yep. And laughing. 
And then there was, yeah! And then there, there was, moments there was, was like, oh my god. Exhilaration, and we got goosebumps at a few points. At one point, you looked like you were almost doing the happy cry. Or the, the I am inspired cry. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what I looked like. I probably looked like a duck trying to take off. <laughs> yes, there were moments where I'm sure somebody behind us thought you were having a seizure. Because you were <laughs> bouncing up and down and flailing. <laughs> Like, seriously. I, like, bouncing. Like, we were talking getting, like, f- at least four inches off the seat. You were bouncing I did hard. say I was going to embarrass the hell out of anybody around me. Because I was going to go <laughs> totally fangirl. Yeah. It was good. It was very good. Yeah. So and, we, we highly recommend and if, seeing this movie. <laughs> if you don't get to see this movie in the theater, which would be a fantastic shame and a travesty. Oh, God, yeah. But if you only get to see this movie once you've like gotten it and brought it home, I recommend a drinking game of <laughs> every time you go, ow, drink. <laughs> Every time you see something that's a bone crunching, oh my god, out during you won't remember anything after the first thirty minutes. Yeah, and I should mention too, <laughs> we went and saw the two D version. Yeah, and I don't feel like I missed that much. Like I'm sure there's bits that were like, wow, that looks amazing. Unless the three D ticket allows me to actually grab on to Chris Helmsworth's ears. You were trying at one point. You were reaching out and making grabbing motions, and it wasn't even three D. Yeah, it would have been a lot worse in 3D. So, <laughs> until that technology comes along, I really don't feel the need to pay for 3D when yeah. the fact is that the plot in the film was awesome, as yeah. it was. <laughs> and I think we can say this because it's we just found out about it. There's apparently 30 extra minutes that's going to yes! be released in the director's cut. Yes, on the DVD. On the DVD, and a lot of it centers around Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. Yes. And how he's fitting into the modern world. There was, And there was one bit that they mentioned, too, that I was like, oh my god, I have been imagining what this would be like for a while, and oh my god, I want to see this so bad now. <laughs> I, I'm terrible with movies to DVDs. How long do you think it'll take for them to get to DVD? It usually doesn't take too long, like a few months, depending on depending on what time of year it comes out. I'm thinking they would probably, especially considering also when you add in, when are they likely to release it so they can hopefully sell more? I'm thinking they'll definitely have it out for Christmas. Oh yeah, definitely. I would be surprised if they have it out in like November-ish. Maybe even earlier. This will be high on Christmas list But I they'll know. definitely be, you know, they'll definitely want it out a good bit before Christmas. So shall we move into spoileriness? Okay. So now, now we get into the spoilery parts. As usual, there will be a note in the file saying exactly what time to come back if you don't want to do this. Yeah. There'll, there'll be one thing at the end, the contest draw, so make sure you come back if you've actually been participating in the stash down thread or emailed us or anything like that. Okay, okay. so from here on in, there'll be spoilers. You have been warned. Oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh my god! Oh Total sweet fucking Jesus! Sorry, I swore. <laughs> Dude, like that's a fucking problem around here. Oh my god. Okay, yes. So for starters, Loki's hot. Oh sweet Jesus God, yes. Especially when he's in the suit. suit. Okay, okay, guys. He actually wears this what looks like an opera scarf. You know, it's not tied up. It's it's yes. you know left dangling. Somebody make a pattern for that, please. It looked like it definitely looked like a light sort of silk scarf. Oh my god! I, I would Loki's I, opera and in this lovely suit with the long black coat, and it would be the easiest cosplay ever. costume ever. Dudes, you would still get laid. 
Oh, sweet Jesus, yes. You would get like, I would be seriously, excuse me, come over here, let me rip off your clothes. Like, I just told my husband upstairs, uh, upstairs when I went to go and get us a drink of water, Hi, by the way, Loki was so sexy I was ready to do him, and then just walked out. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. Like, everything in this, like, how they introduce all the characters and get them all in the movie is just That was really amazing. good. They, they approach each of the characters in the avenue that they are most comfortable with. Example, Tony Stark is given something that basically looks like an, a see-through iPad. Yeah. You know, that gets splayed out all over the place, a la Tony Stark, you know, the way he's able to manipulate images. Steve Rogers gets handed a file like he would be familiar yeah, like with. Yeah, a manila file folder with right, printouts. With printouts and information that he would be familiar with from yeah. his time in the military back in the 40s. Yeah. Whereas Agent Romanoff, yeah. a.k.a. Black Widow. Oh, sweet Jesus God, yes. Um, gets called in while she's in the middle of a quote-unquote interrogation issue, <laughs> which it was the well, which, leaked scene where she was tied up to a chair and yeah. etc. Well, and, and she's the way she says it, too, and I'm sure the bad guys think they're interrogating her, and actually it seems to be the other way around. Yeah, she's basically go- toying with them. Like, I'm in the middle of interrogation, they're telling me everything. And this guy's like, I'm not telling, I'm you not telling anything. her anything. <laughs> Like, it's like yes, you. They're holding are, up pliers. And they're holding up pliers and tools, like they're trying to scare her, and she's she's going along with it. And then she gets the phone call, and you know that all just basically cuts off. Like okay, uh, apparently this takes priority. And then there's the awesome scene of ass kicking when she's yes. while Coulson's on on hold, just like yeah, yeah, which we have mentioned before. Yeah, that was one of one of the scenes that got leaked. Oh my god, I love the moment when I forget exactly when it was, but I think when Tony was approaching the plane, and like all of a sudden they said the people on the you just see the people on the plane, the screens all of a sudden like they've been taken over, and like you're like oh shit, what happened? All of a sudden it says PA override or something like that, and you hear this voice. Oh, you hear this rock music come on, and it's like oh my god, it's Tony Stark. Yeah, so it's like (laughs) hi, Agent Romanoff. Did you miss me? And then music just takes over and starts blaring out everywhere, and everybody's like, oh, That's he's here. And there so were, like, um, I will say that Iron Man not only flew, but got flung a lot in this yes. movie. There was a lot he of- He takes a lot of hits. Oh, God. Oh, my God, Thor. <laughs> That was when I got, that was when I got aired, wasn't it? Yes, when that was Thor the first time out. you were, like, bouncing up and down. When Thor made his entrance, which was the clip that was probably put into the trailers, where mm-hmm. he basically looks like he's landed on something in the middle of a thunderstorm, I believe I bounced high enough to get air. And I'm not ashamed, because holy hotness, Batman. And then his first real introduction to the other guys is when he grabs Loki as they're about to bid yeah, on him. Because nobody has really been introduced to anybody yet. Like, Thor doesn't know who Iron Man is. No. He doesn't know who Captain America is. Yeah. He basically sees that Loki is somewhere. Well, he takes, he figures that he knows what's best how to deal with Loki. He basically goes, yoinks Loki from literally in a stealth bomber equivalent and leaves. And that's literally what he does. He yeah. comes in, yoinks, leaves. And Captain America... doesn't explain anything. And, the, yeah. and Iron Man and Captain America are both... As far as they know, the person in their custody was just taken by... A weirdo who apparently has no problems jumping out of planes. Yeah, and who could have been, you know, one of Loki's could, could helpers. Could have been one of Loki's, Loki's helpers. So Iron Man goes after 
And then, <laughs> so does Captain America. Oh my god, and there's like an epic fight scene between them. And literally, for a while, Loki is sitting ringside watching oh, yeah. He's sitting Thor back. and Iron Man <laughs> duke it out. Well, because I love how they how they get the other two into the scene, too, because... And it's such a Joss Whedon-y thing, too. You just see Loki and Thor talking, and Thor says, you need to listen to me. The frame is on him, and then all of a sudden you just see this blur from out of frame going wham and knock him out of the th- out of the scene. And then it's flips the back over to Loki, who hasn't bat an eyelash really, and he just says, "I'm listening." And then he just takes a seat and sort of you know looks out over the edge and starts watching. And you can almost imagine him like grabbing a bag of popcorn and like watching this whole fight. That's, that's going sort on of what them. I was miming doing, just like popcorn ringside seats. Holy crap! This is Thor and Iron Man just going at, and they're not holding anything back. Like seriously. The hammer is just going at Iron Man and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it's not until Captain America sh- comes in and basically he is the adult of the group. Yeah. I was about to say, he is the one who comes in like, Oi, you guys, behave. <laughs> Sit down. Stop fighting. Sit down. And I love the way they have them integrate or not, especially at first. Yes. There, there is no seamless coming together. It is a, There is a lot of dissonance. Yeah. With the team. There is no team. Yeah. Roger seems to work better with Thor and Nick Fury and that side of things. I kept calling him Nostalgia Boy because the thing is that his values and his concepts just did not fit in with what was intended for, like, let's go out and we beat the bad guys and what do you mean my own people are holding secrets and... Yeah, and Tony's the the, the rabble-rouser, because, of course, there's this whole element of S.H.I.E.L.D. wanting their help, but not telling them everything, and that's sort of where the, this rift starts happening between each individual person culminating in that huge fight scene. Fight scene not as in physical fighting, but fight scene as in everybody Moral. arguing, yeah. and by that time they've read each other's you know profiles and stuff like that, and finding ways to kind of... Stab them in the... Not stab uh, them in the... No, get them push in the buttons. Push, yeah, buttons. push their buttons. Yeah. yeah. Because Cap and Tony Stark really get yeah. into each other's faces. Yeah. Rogers and Stark. And it, you can see like from the very... Even before the movie, like if you think of any two people that are going to be really butting heads, yeah. it'll definitely be Tony is all about the technology of tomorrow, and he's a diva, and Rogers is all... Came from yesterday's world, where he's Norman Rockwell boy. Yeah, all about and he's all about sacri- like about duty and you know doing the right thing and all this other stuff, which is not in Tony's usual makeup. Oh, like, he can do it, but yeah. okay. Usually, when it has a personal element yeah. to it. In my personal opinion, though, Tony Stark got a lot, a lot of the really good one-liners. The moments, the heart moments, really went to the Hulk. There were a lot of really good, meaty moments where Mm. dialogue wasn't really in there much, Mm -hmm. but oh my god, did you just see what the Hulk did? Yeah. Or where he manages to say something so little. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's that whole discussion. And one of the things, Bruce Banner and Tony Stark kind of, sort of work together a bit, but they're still sort of like, we have this mutual interest in this technology and stuff like that. Right. But Banner still doesn't quite see things the same way Tony Stark does, so there's still a little bit of distance between them. But there's there's a conversation between them that is really cool, where they're, you can feel them kind of 
sort of bridging the gap between sort of, you know, figuring out what they have in common, yeah. but it also really illustrates and draws out the differences between them. Because Tony's very pushy. Yeah. And Banner's very isolated and inverted. Yeah. He's very pu- Tony's very pushy and also very flippant. Yeah. And that's one of the things. And there's isn't there that, a point where where Roger says something to him like everything's a joke to you yeah. or something like that. Yeah. The thing is that's Tony's Way. That's his it's coping. Tr- it's his yeah. po- coping mechanism, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying There's to so many things like, to say. Yeah, there are just so many things to say. It's like, you were trying to get, you were trying to be like, what's your favorite moment? Yeah. I'm like, I have to pick one? All right, well, let's, we can pick, now that we're talking, we can pick multiple favorite moments. My personal favorite. There's that favorite I can, and there's memorable, I should say. There is, that is true. That there is, is true. All right. There's one moment that's very memorable, but it's not my favorite. Yes, yes, there, there, there was a... There was a damn you Joss Whedon moment. Favorites is when Loki is basically doing his best to intimidate and stare down the Hulk and saying, I am a god. Oh, I will god, not yes. be intimidated by a brute animal. Of, and he gets cut off halfway into his sentence because he becomes a ragdoll and <laughs> the Hulk literally bangs him on the floor. And I'm talking ragdoll. I am talking yeah, seriously. Like, whack, 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 whack. Like, and think then, of, like, whacking a towel against a table. I mean, it, and it's, he becomes that limp, and then he just l- crashes him into the floor and leaves him there, and you can see Loki embedded into the floor, and he's not moving. He kind of moans. Yeah, yeah you he hear, doesn't there's move. this really long, like, low moan, and it goes for quite a while. It was hard to hear because everybody in the theater was everybody laughing just, and just, cheering oh, yeah. and clapping, but you could it, you could kind of hear this really low moan. Oh, my God. And then Hulk's other huge moment in the big... Well, talking about the big fight at the end. Yeah. Again, I love how we were saying that, you know, I love how each person has a role. And it was really cool the way that Captain America has become, is sort of like the leader of the group in that. Because he's the one tell he realizes how, what everybody's strength is and figures out what it is and tells people, okay, you do this, you do this, you know. And I like, you go do this. I like that it wasn't Stark calling the shots. Yes. I I really liked it. And it makes sense because he, he was a soldier. Yeah. And he had his team that he led. So he knows all the, so he can spot all those strengths and tell people where to go to use it, to use their strengths at their best. And so I really love that moment. Hulk, you smash. And, <laughs> and he just has this grin on his face because at that point, he's not a rampaging monster that's just yeah. going after the nearest living thing that moves. Yeah. At that point, he has controlled it. Yeah. I get to smash. And he goes for it. And he does some good damage. Oh, God, yes. But one of the things I really love about the scene right at the end, when when Tony does his big, finally gets a chance to show Captain America that he's not. Because there's that moment earlier when Captain America's saying, like, you know, you don't do anything... Unless it's for yourself. Unless it's for yourself, that sort of thing. You never, you don't know about sacrifice and everything like that. Tony gets to show that, no, he does get it. And he gets that moment to, like, save the day, but everybody thinks he's... Yeah, Tony. A goner. Tony, Tony. You know this this is a one-way road. You know this is a one-way trip, man. And then he tells Jarvis to call Pepper. And she doesn't see the phone. I was, that was getting kind of, 
And of course, I knew they weren't going to kill him off. Because, hello, they have already announced they're doing Iron Man 3. But there was that awesome moment where Tony basically goes unconscious. The suit goes, like, completely out of power. And he's and they he's run, just falling. They realize he's not slowing down. He's, he's just, just falling. Feet, and you see, you see Thor starting to whip up the hammer so he can go after him. And then all of a sudden, bam, out comes Hulk and grabs him. Yeah. Hulk <laughs> saves him. No smash. Saves. Saves Tony. And gets him down on the ground. Yeah. And as for the... The unhappy moment. Fuck you, Joss! When you go into a Joss Whedon movie, or you watch a Joss Whedon TV show, you know there's one thing he likes to do. And that is rip out your heart and stomp on it by killing off a character. And I had already, I get like a week or two ago, I had had an inkling of this, but I kind of forgot about it when the movie started. And you were right. Yes. Damn you, Joss, you bastard. You killed off Coulson. Yes. Agent Coulson, who he was did. so awesome. And I remember watching Thor and being like, oh my god. And like talking with people on a chat and tweeting and being like, oh my god, I love Agent Coulson. He is so awesome. Yep. And he killed off. And he did it in such a Joss way because he gets to say this. He gets his line. He has a one liner. Even while he's dying. Laugh. It's like right in the middle while you're laughing, all of a sudden, he gets stabbed and then. But his death is pivotal yeah. to the group coming together. That's the one saving grace and the one thing, like, what I was reading, I noticed at the time and when I was reading a review later, uh, I think it was the Topless Robot review. I mean, a lot of times when Joss Whedon does it, he does it for kind of shock value or to piss off the audience or to gut the audience, but not always for real plot reasons. This time it was pivotal. Yes, like, this is the thing that rallies everybody. Because as it said in the review, like, everybody saw Coulson as part of the team. And so it's like they lost a part of their team. And that's when it's like, okay, we're going to kick some ass. But, oh, yeah. I am like, oh, God. There was a, like, it was actually, I can't remember. I don't think there was a huge audible audience reaction, but somehow it would not surprise me. If everybody suddenly just, their mouth just opened. If there was a gap, like when, I remember with that one, I won't spoil it, but the big spoiler bit in Serenity, there's one event in it that like, seriously, everybody in the audience just gasped. Like this mm. audible gasp. It would not have surprised me if it was the same last night at the midnight opening for this one. His first <laughs> name is Agent. His first name is Agent. <laughs> that, that was a, that was a cool, that was a cool line. Phil? What do you mean, Phil? His first name is Agent. Yeah. Oh my god, I love Coulson in this, which is why it's so sad I know. <laughs> One of the really endearing things about oh him... Oh my god, yes. <laughs> ...is that he's a total... F he's a total Captain America fanboy. He is. To the point where he's, like, all nervous and repeating himself and falling <laughs> over his own words in the presence of Steve Rogers. Like, he's not even in Captain America getup. He's in khakis and jacket and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And Colton is oh just God, falling is over himself. Honor. He asked him to sign his vintage trading, co trading cards. cards. A couple people mentioned this too. Captain That's America. hilarious. And then, of course, oh my God. Well, it's it's kind of like Alan Rickman. No, not Alan Rickman. It's kind of like Snape showing up and, you know, everybody going, oh my God, does Karen know this? But yeah, but it's also like, oh, it's so it's so endearing too because Coulson is such like a low-key badass. As, in the as, other movies, as in as in low key, as in subtle badass, yeah, not as in low key. I made a pun with that earlier on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, 
I just wanted to. I didn't. I didn't even think of that until I had just said it, and I was like, "Ah, yes, I remember that pun." I made um, a funny. Yes, I made a funny earlier. But yeah, and especially if you. Oh my god, guys! If you have not seen the extra thing that was, it was on one of the DVDs. I think it was like the Captain America Blu-ray. There's a little scene called "A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer." It is on YouTube. Someone told me about this after I finished watching Thor, and I saw it, and I, oh my god, I love it. I love it forever. I love Coulson forever. Coulson will live on. He can be so, like, he's such a badass, but he's so deadpan. And that, that's the other thing, that's it. The rest of the time, he is so deadpan. Yeah. About everything. But this, he is like... He is fangirl. He just gets so fanboyish. Excited. To Captain America. And, and it's it so cute. It's so cool. And that also makes it later. It, it heart-wrenching. When, yeah. when Fury literally tosses the cards. The at, bloody cards. At Steve Rogers. And says, I guess you never got around to signing them. Oh. Oh, my heart. Oh, my God. Knife in heart. Twist. Twist. Oh, and we mentioned the music earlier. Yeah. The moment I mentioned where you, where Maggie was like, kind of getting a little bit of the happy tears. It was like that first moment, you know, you see it in the trailer where the camera kind of pans around the all group of them. as they're, and they're going in back to back. Group, and they're in their, yeah, they're all in their, their fighting pose. And the music at that point is just so big and inspiring. And it's just like, it has ah! it has epic written yeah. all over it. It's that moment where everything has come together and you see this magic thing. <laughs> this group. Oh. oh, it was so awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and the other bit that I love the music that really stands out was there's a scene where Loki, uh, when he first gets to Earth, I think, or soon after he gets to Earth, when he attacks like a some sort of concert or opera house sort right. of thing. And there's this this string group playing this classical tune and it goes over the entire thing. Even when he starts attacking, he grabs somebody and, oh, that was it. They needed somebody's written a thing for the, a retinal scanner. And so there's all this sort of violence and stuff going on. And it's got this, it's one of those perfect moments where you have very peaceful, beautiful music over something horrifying and and it makes it all that more eerie. Yeah, it make it it's that sort of emotional dissonance that makes it really creepy and just um, so well done. Tom Hilston. He does obsessed crazy very well. Oh my god, he can he can express so much just in like facial expressions yes. and his eyes. He does it very There there's all well. kinds of emotions that go through his face and yeah. his eyes. Yeah, he He's very good. Like, like if he's married or has a significant other, I, I'm like, you're just a little creepy tonight, hon. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Oh, God. He was smexy. Okay. I need to think of something other than... Other <laughs> and than Tom Siddleston's sexiness. Yeah. Um, and his, you know, demigod brother. Oh, my God. And I love, too, the way Mark Ruffalo played Banner and the Hulk. Yes. Like, obviously, like they said, apparently the Hulk is him doing, like, motion capture. Mm -hmm. So, and it really, like, they really scanned, got his face for the Hulk, so you can still kind of see it. Yeah. His face in the Hulk, even when he's all hulked out. But just the way he... Pl I loved the way he plays Banner. I actually haven't seen the Hulk movies. I haven't, but... I haven't either, I'll admit that. I think I've read, though, in a review that he brings more of Banner. Something about the way Mark does it brings yeah. out more Banner. Like, you can you can empathize with his struggle yeah. oh, faster yeah. 
Oh, in the character. Yes. yes. Like you, you don't really have see... to go through the whole character development with him. You just empathize with this man almost instantly. Yeah, and I thought it was amazing. Like when we see him, I noticed a lot in the scenes at S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of headquarters. The floating thing in the sky? The flying aircraft carrier. There's a lot of times the way he stands or the way he holds himself. He sort of, it seems like he sort of hunches over, but he usually has his head sort of down. And I noticed he doesn't make eye contact with people for very long. It's almost like he he is trying to shrink himself and keep himself small as opposed to this, the other guy. Right. As he calls it. There, there are just so many like, amazing actors and stuff in this movie. Oh, the other bit, another bit I absolutely loved at the end where they're showing, they're showing, they've got the different screens showing different like news yeah. footage and stuff like that. Well, of course, there's a couple of the screens that, you know, really kind of hit you in the gut because there's one where people are like putting up what looks like letters and memorial things yeah. and stuff like that. And it's like, and especially since this is <laughs> the end part is set in New York. Yeah. It's like, Oh shit. The nine 11 walls. Yeah. You know, the walls where people put up pictures of, you know, missing family members and stuff like that. That kind of got me. But cause this damn, because the damage that was done went all over Manhattan. Yeah. Oh my God. Using the Chrysler building as an, as an enormous lightning. That rod. was <laughs> cool. That was amazing. Oh my god, that was cool. That but, was like um, every science geek out there just suddenly wet himself seeing that. Yes. But the other thing I loved is some of the on some of those screens you saw pictures from all over the world and especially you saw a couple ones of you saw a girl with like a a headscarf on. It looked almost like a hijab and she holds up drawing of the Hulk's face yes! over her face and you see this little boy who's holding a little cardboard Captain America yes. shield. Yes. And you see all these, there's someone who you, you just see them finishing paint, spray painting thank you Avengers on the side of a building or something and just bringing in all that sort of, again, that sort of where it looks like the movies leak into the real world sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the thank you Avengers thing almost reminded me of like the I believe in Sherlock. Yeah, kind of. yeah, yeah. Um, hey, don't rule it out. That may yet happen. Oh yeah. I, that would totally not surprise me at all. But just, and just seeing that whole, that effect it would have on the real world. And there was actually, there was, you know, a couple screens where you saw like someone from MSNBC and it's one of their actual yeah anchors and stuff. And the, seeing how it inspires all the regular people in the world and all the footage of it, it's, oh, it, it was moving. It was, it was a good feeling. Yes. Especially because at the moment they're running at counterpoint, they're showing that and running counterpoint. And there's a couple like dissenting voices in the in the film. They have to be like, made accountable for what they did. Accountable for all the damage they did and all this other stuff. Yeah. Well, and then it segues and goes from like one of those news feeds of the the woman who said Captain America saved my life. Yeah. And goes from that to, you know, the council that is telling, trying to tell Nick Fury, we need to know where these people are. And Nick Fury's like, screw you. Oh my god, it's amazing, and like we were mentioning earlier, it is amazing, like, how beat up these guys get, and how much they sell it, too. Yeah, they... There was a few times where, even before the big, you know, fall from the sky, when Tony got, like, really beat up, and he had a really hard time getting up. There's a couple times where their captain got, like, kicked in in the the chest, and he, like, could barely get up. You saw him, there was that moment where, we've all been there, where you land, the air is pushed out of you, and you've frozen for probably three seconds. Yeah, and you, you have to actually somehow consciously remember how to breathe. Or there is this conscious gut effort to act, force himself to get up and get go back to it. And it's amazing to see, like, the kind of... And it's really cool the way that they try... They're trying to fight this threat and everything, and they can't... It's not that they're underpowered against it, 
really. It's just that it keeps coming and keeps and come, coming and, and keeps come. coming. And they have to find a different way to end it. And it's not one person's superpower that makes it... it make, it's all of them working ended, together. Yeah. Oh my god, Hawkeye. He was hot too. Oh yes, I'm he sorry. was hot. Any man dressed in black was probably leather. And having those... That quiver of arrows pretty damn cool. Yes. That tech quiver is pretty damn cool. And he has a flippant attitude that is not quite as far as Tony's. Yeah. But what he does come out with are, are good gems. Yeah. I actually do like that he needed a lift up to a vantage point, and Tony, you know, says, sure, I'll give you a lift. Let's go, Legolas. Yes, that was one of the points where we five-fived each other. And I'm like, yes! Crossover! Oh my god! Yeah, but it's and it's cool how they establish him... Being in a high place and observing, like, right at the beginning of the movie. And then it's kind of neat how they use that during the fight where he's, like, he's talking to Tony or someone. And, he, oh, yeah, Tony's being chased by these, you know, flying things. And he tells them, well, they can't bank worth a damn. Find a place with a lot of tight corners. Yep. And then, you know, from that vantage point, too, he's basically acting as a sniper with his and bow and And he's picking them off. And picking them off. Yeah. And, of course, there's that moment of awesome where he doesn't even look. He just, boink, right boink. off to the side. <laughs> Almost behind him. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else with my muscles are getting all wound up again. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, 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 I should have taken something, to, like, to write down notes. But there's no way that was going to happen. No, like, I don't I would, think... I would have just been writing, awesome, awesome, more awesome, scene with Smash, more awesome. And when certain things happened, we would have totally forgotten to write things down for, like, 15 minutes. I know. Because we too busy watching the movie. Yeah. It's the sort of thing where, like, we would really, if we really wanted to do an absolute serious job of this, we would have to see it once for the come flail, squee. Yeah. And then we'd have to see it again so that we could actually, like, take notes and consider. This would actually have to be something done at home where we can pause. Yeah. Pause it. And write stuff down. Yeah. In both ends of the spectrum. We've talked Tony. We've talked Cat. We've talked the death. Um, Black Widow. I'd like to see what other people have said about how Black Widow was handled. There's a couple bits. There is that one moment where after, you know, he's kind of hulked out on her. Yeah. You see her and she's just sort of sitting there. Yeah. And just terrified. And she manages to pull herself together and Because go un off. unfortunately Banner's been provoked in an enclosed area. Yeah. And Widow is in that enclosed area, yeah. like physically trapped underneath debris and stuff. And yeah, Banner changes and from what I'm guessing, because I haven't seen Hulk, and I don't know very much about the Hulk, but from what I can guess from other stories that I've read, she would basically take on the scent of prey. Yeah. And the way that she moves, fast, mm -hmm. skidding everywhere. She and probably... Again, and she has to try and she fight him to. off, too, so then that also becomes a so, sign of aggression, which means more pursuit. You know, it's she can't reason with him when he becomes the Hulk. But, and it's interesting, too, the first time when she goes to find him, there's that one moment where he, like, leans in and bangs the table and yells at her, and she just, you know, she pulls her gun, but you can see there's definite fear in, in her, her eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, almost like, it's almost, like, I don't know the background of the character, but I, I kind of got the impression, I'm like, whoa, past abuse, I'm thinking. She, from what I know from my little bits, she was trained in a place called the Red Room, which is specific in Russia 
to creating assassins and spies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you could say there were abusive instances in that yeah. training. But I mean, it's kind of it's kind of an instinctual response where no trust is built just yet. Yeah, but I'm also thinking it's like it's like an instinctual response from someone who has been in a situation with someone maybe in the past who was very vol kind of volatile, violent and stuff. And so when someone else yells at them later on, they instinctually they react with the with this almost overreaction of fear and defense, which also kind of works with, like I said, after the Hulk gets distracted from her, you see her a couple minutes later and it looks like she's she's just sitting and you can see her kind of shaking and she looks scared and it takes her a minute to respond before she kind of forces herself to pull herself together. I'm kind of wondering how certain fans will see that. What I did like was her with Loki. Oh, yes. She played him yeah. so well. Because Loki believes that he is completely above everything on this planet. Mm -hmm. You are here to be the bomb. You are here to talk to me, and of course I'm going to spill the important things, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And she plays along as if, no, that's not what I'm doing. I need to know this, and I need to know this, and I'm willing to offer this. And of yeah. course Loki spits back in her face, and... And she lets out that little bit of vulnerability, like she, she, you know, that moment where she's telling him a little bit about her past, mm -hmm. and then he sort of starts he telling her, he adds it. to it, and she, it's, she goes, does the, oh my god, you know about my past reaction, and then there's the moment where it just turns, and all of a sudden it's like, He's let something no. slip, and that's when she, you can see her straighten back up, like come out of that hunched over pose to straighten up going, Oh, that's your game. Thank you for your cooperation. And, and then, then she, she leaves. And on the walkie-talkie, and he's like, wait, what? What? <laughs> you can see this look on his face like, what? She totally played him. Yes. She is intelligence spy for a reason. Yes. And two, it's like, I kind of like it that they didn't really play up. They didn't have her manipulate, try and manipulate him by playing up her sexuality or something. It's more like playing to his, I am better than everyone else. Yeah. And her showing that kind of vulnerability. Yeah. Basically, she tries to, it sounds like she tries to make a deal with him because of Hawkeye. And he's trying, and she wants to find him and he's like oh are you in love with him and she's like no i owe him and she sort of and that's sort of where the vulnerability comes in with her explaining like she owes him for and then him compounding on like basically you know twisting the knife by reminding her of the things that she's done and her seeming like very again very playing on that vulnerability and stuff which works with a female character yeah but is also but also really plays to loki's weaknesses yeah especially and especially because they had sort of i think before that in the scene or two before that they kind of made it, they made it look like Thor was going to be the one trying to talk to him. So it's kind of nice that they played that little switcheroo with her. My God, this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be thinking of things for like the next two days and being like, oh crap, I wanted to talk about that. Oh crap, I wanted to talk about that. We were actually knitting in the theater during this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Mine was a little bit more difficult because it's a one by one rib at the moment. So I had to put it down when we got deep into the fight scene. Otherwise I was going to start losing stitches. Yeah. Karen says she can tell the difference in her gauge because <laughs> of tension. Yeah, I was looking tighter. at my sock earlier tonight and this is the movie sock, the same one that I worked on during Mirror Mirror and Titanic and Pirate's Band of Misfits. And I knew approximately where I'd left off for Pirate's Band of Misfits. And I was looking at that area to try and figure out, okay, how far did I go? And then I noticed like, looking at the sock there's just little it's not divot. a huge it's not a huge change it won't affect it later on it'll probably just work itself out but there is this point 
Yep, I can see it. Where you can see the sock squishes in just a little bit because the gauge is tighter. Because I was working on it during Avengers. So my gauge got a little bit tighter. And I did like a good three inches. And actually it was during the big fight scene. I accidentally two stitches came off the needle. Yes. I was like, shit. (laughs) I'm like, and luckily it's bright enough. The, the scene is bright enough. I couldn't actually, it's not like I could see the stitches really, but I could kind of see, I could see the silhouette. Yeah. Like compared to the movie. So I was able to carefully put them back on. Yeah. I had to occasionally stop and wait for an explosion before I could <laughs> look down and see if my next stitch was a knit or a pearl because mm-hmm. I had paused for too long. Oh my God. I want to see this movie again. I do too. I would have, I would have watched it again, like, immediately, if it wasn't for the fact that we, one, that we were going to, you know, record and everything like that, so I didn't want to get here, like, late, because I hadn't seen the movie again. Also because when we left the movie theater, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people it was, waiting for the next showing. It was just like Hunger Games, and, like, the lineup, just going back, just going yeah, and going and going. it was a going. huge lineup. And there were tons of people in the theater. I'm like, I am glad we went to an afternoon show. Yeah, I skipped, well, I can't say I skipped. I worked off extra hours of work and was able to leave early so that we could go to an earlier show and there were actual empty seats. So Oh yeah. There was the theater was maybe about half full. I'll yeah. Say. When people were definitely like, you know, scattered all over the place. Yeah. We were able to Whereas have... probably the theater that was got filled after we left oh, yeah. was probably sold out. Yeah. And I mean it probably helped too that we were in the two D. Not the three D. Yeah, still. Not empty, but you know, less people in that one, a little more space in that one. But I imagine, but then too, it depends. Like if the 3D theater fills up, I'm sure people would be like, oh crap, that one's sold out. Well, we'll see it in 2D. I think my nipples were hard the whole movie. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, that movie? At the end of it, I yeah, think you said like, that. that movie is a two hour long orgasm. It is. Oh, there, there was just so many vocalizations of awe and ow mm-hmm. that were going on. Yeah. It really gets you emotionally like hard. Okay. But by the way, while we're on the subject of Avengers, we did a search for Avenger yarn out there. Yeah. Ain't none. Yeah. Well, not easily found. I couldn't find any. On um, I tried, I think it was mainly Etsy that I looked at. So but I couldn't find anything. Hey, does anybody know where there's Avenger yarn out there? And anybody out there who dyes yarn? Are you going to dye Avenger yarn? <laughs> I'm like, you'd figure this be all over the, the knitting universe. <laughs> I know, maybe there are certain, I don't know if there are certain... Things of geekdom that people pick up on more for knitting. I suppose. Than like like Doctor Who yeah, or... Yeah, because there's not really a lot of knitting in that. There's not really knitting in the Lord of the Rings. True. But there's tons of Lord of the Rings inspired patterns. Yes. I know maybe there are certain elements, maybe fantasy somehow connects more with whatever sort of geekdom that is... Because there, there's a lot of technology in... There's not a lot of technology in the Avengers, but mm-hmm. there's more like fabric in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a difference. There's textile in Lord of the Rings where it's it's much more electricity and gizmos and gadgets in Avengers. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of knitters and stuff that are involved in, like, tech industries and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's just, like, I don't know. Maybe just the whole superhero genre hasn't quite hit knitting the there's same way. There's no that... reason it cannot happen. No. Nope. No reason. No. Nope. Can't you just imagine a Captain America... Shield pillow? Circular, <laughs> circular throw pillow? A circular shawl. Circular shawl. A yep. pie shawl. Pie oh shawl. my god, can you imagine divide? I kind of had a thought. Imagine trying to make up a shawl, whether it be a stole, a pie shawl, or whatever, that incorporates designs or stitch patterns that sort of stand for each one of the Avengers. There's your challenge. Like, you need one. <laughs> oh god, like I need one. By the way, I know I mentioned this 
last week about the Harry Dresden patterns that or designs that I was thinking of throwing around, like I'm going to be making bob socks. Other people have joined in. Mm -hmm. I totally applaud you. And hey, anybody else who wants to join in the fun, it is not compulsory. It is just here for the funs and giggles. Okay, so because we were like flaily and everything like that, we don't really have cravings, covets, and crushes, but someone will be getting something they might have been craving, crushing, or coveting on. Because we have a draw to do. Random number generator. Okay, so basically, as we said in previous episodes, everyone who has left a comment or emailed us about the stash down has had their name put in a list. And we have numbered this list. And now... We are going to do a random draw of one of those people to get their choice of a self-published Glenna C. pattern. So your name is in there once. If you participated, it doesn't matter how much you were able to participate. How much you knit, how little you knit, how much you started with, and whatnot. We might do some other time, you know, if we have a something where we have a couple prizes, where we'll do something like that for who talked the most or something like that. But... This time we wanted to do it. Just for randomly. participating. So we have the random number generator set up, and we will clicky the button and get eight. it to pick a number. Generate. Clicky. There we go. The that number. number is eight. And if I click over to the list, person number eight is, of course, a rambling rename I am probably going to mispronounce, Tarushka. T-A-H-R-U-S-K-A. Tarushka, you come on down. are the lucky winner. And I will... Ravelry message you. I will Ravelry message Glenna to let you let her know. Congratulations. So I hope there's something that's you, caught your eye. And you can pick whatever pattern you want. Congratulations. Yay. So yes, we probably will be doing another draw at another time, so there will be other chances. I imagine we'll probably come up with something special for the Ravelympics. Yeah, Ravelympics and episode number 50. Yes, those are going to be around the same time. We better find some prizes. The, the, well, we, we could do something like our... I had an idea. What? I don't know, but, uh, well, I do know, but I'm not going to tell you just yet. I'm, I need to mull it over in my head. Why? Because I don't know how feasible it is to actually produce. It's like an arc reactor. But if you tell me, maybe I can figure, help you figure out whether it's feasible. <laughs> After we stop recording. Okay, fine. Be that way. Okay, so, by this time you guys are probably heartily sick of us, because holy crap. <laughs> We're sick of us. <laughs> this has been, oh sweet Jesus God, it's almost two hours of recording time. We need to go. Like, <laughs> Karen, Karen need to needs go. to get to bed. I need to get to bed, because I'm probably going to be working, I'm going to be working tomorrow, and, holy crap, I am going to have a lot of editing to do. Editing yes, you will. But thank you guys for sticking with us, and we really hope that you guys uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and go see Avengers. Yes. Talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's knit one G E E K mt-pockets.org. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek Two. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com/knit1geek2. Have a good week, everybody. Okay, I think we need to move on to. Okay, I need to take a pee break. <laughs> oh God, my legs don't want to work. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, sweet Jesus God. It's an hour, and we've only talked about Avengers. <laughs> Alright, we just got over the movie bit, now we're gonna wind up a little bit. Yeah, look at the timestamp. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we have had entire episodes that had this as a raw audio. All right, count. all right. Oh, fuck. That's something we forgot to mention about in Avengers. What? It's like, damn it, I knew there was going to be something I forgot. 